give up. And sorry, I care why. All you care about is making my life a living hell. Do you have any idea what my life's been like for the past few months? Please, not this again. You think this t-shirt is hard to deal with? Or our song? I wanted to die, Craig. I felt that bad. Okay, well you're not listening- No, it's not okay. It'll never be okay. I'm sorry, okay? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry! How many times do I have to say it? Until you mean it. Welcome to All About Degrassi, the show where we love bees, we support bees, and we respect the hard work that bees do. We love bees, we love nature, and if you hear some tweet tweeting and some bees flitting about... <laughs> Buzz it, buzzing. Yeah, they're buzzing. That's what they they do. don't flit. <laughs> that's, that's because we're having a half indoor, we're having an all fresco uh, uh, podcast recording Because today. we're sweltering. It's so hot. It's so hot. Toronto people, you don't know what this is like at all. I don't know, it's actually really probably humid there, in right? your In your summers, it, get up, it gets up to a balmy... Oh, 17 I don't know. New York is Celsius. hot. I don't know. New York gets really hot, isn't too. Ce- isn't 17 degrees Celsius hot, though? Oh, I, don't I don't know, know how much I c- I don't know. How- I'm Evan Goodrich. I'm Nick Sohoya. <laughs> we, we have a podcast. Have you heard of it? Uh, it's called All About Degrassi. <laughs> it's really fun. So, yeah, it's hot, but we're still going to make this happen for you. We're going to make it happen, and we're going to think about recording at night in the future, because, wow... I feel like we're in a sauna. <laughs> it's bad. And this it's, is my coldest room. <laughs> this is your coldest room? I guess that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. This is the most, I mean, it has the fewest natural light. Yeah. There's no yeah. holes for the light to get in. <laughs> yeah. We must protect ourselves. I guess what we need to do, maybe, I'm just, I'm just spitballing on the pod right now. Okay, yeah. Um, like, maybe, like, <laughs> Talk just, scheduling. <laughs> maybe, like, what we have to do is just, like, ice the room out before we record, and mm, then... Gotta and, crank that AC. Yeah, yeah, and then just, and then just turn it off when we start recording. Well, would you object to recording in my bedroom? In my no, boudoir. We no. might have to do that. We can be like, it'd be like a slumber party, but yeah. we're recording. Because otherwise there's just going to be all this traffic and these planes flying around. But we just have to deal with it today. We have to power through. And you listening at home, it, pretend you're like on an auditory experience. This is immersive theater of... of right, of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something. Yeah, we're going to start doing ASMR voices now. Let's start, let's start talking about this episode. We got we got a couple big... A biggie. A these couple are, biggies. These are... Well, well... Uh, one's a real biggie. One's like a, it's like a smallie, but like it's a good smallie. They're both good. These are good episodes. Stuart Smalley? <laughs> Stuart Smalley? That's a Al Franken character. Don't worry about it. All oh, right. I won't. <laughs> we don't talk about him anymore. He, uh, well, I don't want to get through it. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's talk about um, this Battle of the Bands episode, and it's called Rock and Roll High School, is it not? It is called, well, it's season three, episode 18, mm. Rock and Roll High School, named after the song by the Ramones. So when I think of like all-time classic Degrassi colon the Next Generation episodes, you didn't want to talk about the song. Oh, I it's I I you know the Ramones are good, but this isn't this isn't. I mean, just throw some respect on them. This is the first episode that has been titled after a Ramones song. They're a very iconic band. Yeah, they are. 
And this is That's a solid true. B Ramon song. <laughs> this is a B song. It's like a B grade Ramon song. But like a B grade Ramon song, still great. I don't even think. Do people like 80s Ramones? I feel like people just think of like 70s Ramones. That's their being. good shit. Yeah. And this is like well into the 80s, I feel like, at this point. Well, so. this was when they were in the movie of the same name. And I feel like you're avoiding talking about that movie. I haven't seen this movie. I also have That's why I'm not talking about it. <laughs> well, I'm going to watch it and I'm going to come back with an opinion next yeah, week. Yeah. <laughs> next week. Patreon content. Um, so, as I was saying, when I think of, like, all-time Degrassi episodes, this this is one of them. Yes, I would agree with that. I think for a bunch of reasons. Once again, we have this season three-ism of we're checking off the high school tropes. We're doing a breakfast club. Mm. We're doing a battle of the bands. We're doing a prank war. These are all Saved by the Bell episodes, you know? <laughs> was there a battle of the bands saved by... Almost uh, certainly. Oh, <laughs> Don't you think Zach Morris was playing? I guarantee you, Zach was playing guitar and, uh, um, what's his name? The the mm. boy Slater, Slater was on drums. I bet that's true. Uh, was Elizabeth Berkeley in this band? Oh, maybe the was girl she was singing. Band? No, I no, I think you're right. I think probably Elizabeth Berkeley was the singer, and then maybe Zach was just on guitar. Is is that the episode where she says, "I'm so excited"? No, there's there's <laughs> other episodes of Saved by the Bell than the "I'm so excited" episode. No, that's the only one. That's the only <laughs> one. <laughs> you can't convince me that this. We is have the... to talk about this episode. It's a biggie. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, this episode is of course. Um, centered around a battle of the bands. So we open with Jimmy, who is in the middle, mid-conversation, mid hyping up the new Kid Elric CD. He has a totally new sound. Bow, 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 bow. It's Kid Rock's sound. I, <laughs> he sounds like Kid Rock. <laughs> we'll find that out when we eventually hear him. <laughs> uh, we, we love Kid Elric, right? We no. We, uh, we don't see him? I don't think so. Oh, I don't know. I think, it, I think in the future they will look back taste. on enjoying... Kid Elric, they'll look back on it the same way I look back on, like, oh, I used to like Creed, you know? <laughs> so, okay, so I've maybe we've talked about this before, but, like, what in your mind is the genre of Kid Elric? Is it Kid Rock? I think it's Kid Rock. Do, don't you remember the episode where we see him? <laughs> I don't know. Some For some reason, I, oh, did we see him? We briefly? see him. Oh, um. It's when Jimmy's getting his groove back after the incident. I <laughs> see, like, I guess in my head, I'm always just like, oh, I think it's, like, Limp Biscuit. Like, he's it's, new metal. It's... Limp Bizkit adjacent, but you know, Kid Rock was just Limp Bizkit with like a twang, if you think about it. Oh God. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We gotta talk uh, about this episode. So yeah, so Jimmy's everyone's hair looks fantastic. I want to say that. Oh right yeah. Off the bat, everyone has a, has a good hair day in this first scene. <laughs> uh, I I have notes. But... All the boys have good hair. This nah. scene. Um, Not this whole episode, just this scene. <laughs> so yeah, so Jimmy's like hyping up the Kid Elric CD, but then Craig sees a flyer for a Battle of the Bands. Got to do the Battle of the Bands with the winner getting studio time to record a single. This is just the kind of exposure we need. Yeah. Having a single <laughs> that no one will it won't be distributed. I'm but we'll have sure it. <laughs> they put it out to Canadian radio. You know what? That's true. I do remember like some of the bands in high school would be on like the, the college radio, the college or, like, radio yeah, public radio. Yeah. 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 Totally. No. And like, that's like kind of like what the cool kids, I, I remember like some cool kids would be like, Oh, I just listened to like this, you know, university station mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the university station in the Seattle area is actually a dance music station. Just kind of fun. <laughs> what kind of what kind of dance music? Like dance music, and then sometimes they'll do house music. It's but it's like oh huh. It's not like top forty. It's like music that would play at a club. See that's it's kind of fun. That's <laughs> that's interesting. I'm also kind of the like 
Well, but I'm not at a club, so why am I listening to this? Well, it's commercial free, so that's the main thing. Mm. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I I just want to bring up like this school seems to attract a lot of song music related competitions and. It's interesting. Yeah. Because so, remember last season, we had a song competition. There was. There yeah. was, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. And there was original songs being performed at the Christmas pageant, you know? Like, yeah. everyone at the school is some sort of songstress or songster. I, guess, I mean, this must be a hub for talent scouting. <laughs> I guess so. Well, yeah. it's Toronto. I feel like a lot of talented people must come from Toronto. I guess. I don't know. Like, it, you know, it makes it seem like it's like an art school or something. But, I don't know. It's just, it's just a grassy. It's though. not. It's well, not. There's a, a show called Rebelde that Sergio is obsessed with, and it is kind of the same thing where it started out as a show just about a high school, but then there was like a band subplot, and then the music from the band became huge. Obviously, that did not happen with Degrassi, but it's like all of a sudden the show is just about a band, and it never was before because the music got oh. popular. Well, that's a pivot. So it's kind of like that with this, where it's like, okay, yeah, all of a sudden we're like the high school from fame. (laughs) Everyone has a passion. (laughs) Wouldn't it be great if you just saw like interpretive dance in the background, like everyone was just going hard. (laughs) I love that. Uh, So someone else has her eyes on the prize as well, however, Mm -hmm. and her name is Ashley Kerwin. She swoops in there and she's like, I'm going to sign up. Yeah, and she's still nursing a grudge for Craig, you know, the whole Manny episode fiasco. The infidelity. Yeah, and so she's determined to kick his ass, figuratively speaking, and Craig tries to play it cool, but it's clear that Ashley has really shaken him, and he's struggling to write lyrics for their, you know, big breakout song that they're going to perform. Yes. And so he's taking it out on his bandmates at practice, which is not cool. I want to say before he takes out his rage on the the bandmates there's a very funny and there's quite a few of these in this episode and i think this is something that you fixated on in the last episode the end of a conversation as someone like enters or as a camera swoops past someone and we just hear like one line Mm -hmm. and marco has a really good one where he says yeah but ashley's been playing piano for what 12 years and Paige is really good and then there's Hazel. <laughs> and then Craig cuts him off before he can mention Ellie. Well, well it's also funny because it's like he cuts him off before he could say something about Anything Hazel. Nice and, it's like, about what were you, and it's like, what were you going to say we about Hazel? We know she's not a good singer. We yeah. know that already. She, she knows how to slam those keys down on that keyboard. It's like, I tell you what. Wouldn't it be really funny if it was revealed that Hazel doesn't know how to play the piano and it's just like on auto mode and she's just up there pantomiming? <laughs> I mean, that would, that would make sense, right? That would make a lot of sense for Hazel. <laughs> All right, let's continue. We're in the first five seconds of this episode. Yeah, okay. So the next day at school in English class, Miss Kwan has the students read from their creative writing journals. Yes. And Ashley volunteers to go first and reads lyrics to a song she wrote. And I I quote, I have them here. Oh, let's let's hear it, please. Black, twisted agony. The fires of chaos burn on. Run for her tombstone before it's too late. The blood runs cold in her veins. Which I'm pretty sure I wrote in my seventh grade notebook. Yeah, it's pretty good. And she later <laughs> reveals that this is about the Spanish Civil War. A is girl it, who died in it. Is it good? It's uh, a great poem, Evan. What are you talking about? I, 
Yeah, I... she's the new Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> Make her the poet laureate of Canada, please. Uh, so the reaction to this is mostly snickers from the class, and even Miss Kwan is like, "Uh, great. Uh, it's really good. Um, she's okay, like, someone else, please. She's like, thanks for sharing. Um, go sit down. <laughs> and Ashley's like, I can't believe no one liked my song about a girl who died in the Spanish Civil War. Why did no one say anything? And Ellie, and Ellie, mm-hmm. uh, voice of reason Ellie, as yes. she always is. Smart, smart person. Urges her to write about her firsthand experiences instead. And like so, her ex. And then she immediately and starts... Ashley starts spitting. Spitting rhymes. Spitting. Wait, did it rhyme at all? I don't think it did. <laughs> I, I have this written too. I, it's, um, I just can't pretend to forgive or forget. Gonna make the day you, may, you met me a day you'll regret. Okay, that rhymes. That's one rhyme. Absolutely. Off the, off the dome, she it's killed good. it. That's good, I think. <laughs> when we eventually hear this song, maybe I'm jumping ahead. No, we'll comment when we get there. We'll, we'll, we'll get to it. Okay. We're getting there. Um, so meanwhile, this episode does in fact have a B-plot, of course. I am and... so bored. I'm just going to warn you. Well, I'm going to want to talk about this as little as possible. Well, it's just interesting because it's like, obviously, this episode is one of the greats. And it's obviously, that's because of its A-plot. It has nothing it's... to do with its B-plot, which is truly just forgettable just trash well actually yeah no that's a better word because i didn't i didn't feel annoyed when i was watching it as i felt a little annoyed but like it wasn't full-on annoying caitlin it was it was more forgettable than like actually in my face annoying Mm -hmm. because i i was a little annoyed but then i just instantly it left me it didn't linger like some of her behavior in the christmas episode i I think caitlin's fine in this episode i just think so caitlin is getting acclimated to life with joey and angela and it seems to be going pretty all right. And we see Joey and Angela get back from grocery shopping. And Joey tells Angela to be careful with the bag of eggs. This is important. A bag of loose <laughs> eggs. Are they loose eggs? No, I'm no. kidding. <laughs> That's how they do it in Canada. <laughs> they got it from a, straight from the chickens. Yeah. <laughs> straight from the cloaca. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then they come from the cloaca, right? Sure. Where, where else would they come from? I that's the only that's, hole. That's the, the hole. Has. Any, yeah. any hole. Only hole is a goal. Oh, the only one. <laughs> uh, and then Angela immediately drops the bag as she's like jumping down the stairs for Caitlin. She's doing the annoying thing that kids do, which is look at me. And then they do something that's not impressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Zero I can, out of 10. I can jump one step down also, <laughs> idiot child. And, I mean, I will say like this was nonsensical, but also I was like, I don't know. Kids are weird and There's, they do do this weird it shit. It is pretty believable. I'm yeah, not, yeah. It's, I'm just, this is just more my disdain for children. Well, <laughs> right. Well, that's why this subplot is actually hard on me, because I'm just like, oh god, kids can be so annoying. Isn't it so great that I... none of those are gonna accidentally come out of any of us? Thank god. Oh, unless something <laughs> terribly goes wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but, uh, what I found weirder was Joey's reaction to this, where he scolds her, and then he says, this is what happens to little girls who don't go to bed on time. Oh, he's being petty. I love it. Well, it's like, <laughs> they drop eggs? What, is, yes. that, is that what happens? Yes. <laughs> I agree with Joey. I agree with Joey on this If you don't time. go to bed on time, you're going to drop the eggs. Yep. You gotta Watch go to out. Bed on time. I don't, I don't understand. You're not in the zone. She's all. not focused. I, I mean, is that what the issue was? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think the issue was that she was... Well, I you didn't know. get enough sleep last night. Don't you feel like you could drop some eggs right now? You know what? Fair enough. Yeah. This is what, <laughs> happen- this is what happens when little girls don't go to bed on time, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> so Caitlin, who is determined to be the fun parent, mm-hmm. unlike fucking Sydney. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> she, she does a little cartwheel, she cheers. She? Yeah, she cheers Angela up. She does a little cartwheel. Um, I, bet Sydney, I bet Sydney never did cartwheels for Angela. Good. Don't. 
<laughs> Adults need to not do acrobatics. Can you do a cartwheel? No. No, I can't either. I don't think I don't think adults. I, when I was a kid, cart, I couldn't. The time for cartwheels is your tweens. Oh, but I couldn't do. You a, gotta stop that shit unless you're a professional. I could never do a cartwheel though. I don't think. I know, but I'm just saying, don't even attempt it because what happens? Well, not next? now. What happens next? Joey, okay, yeah, Joey, old man, old man Jeremiah yeah, over here. He's uh, determined to not be upstaged, and so he's like, "Oh yeah, watch this." And he does a handstand, which is pretty impressive. But then he uh, falls and hurts his back. He lands on his back, and yeah. you know what? Adults need to stop horsing around. We are all only temporarily able-bodied. You know, we got to take care of these vessels. They're they're precious to us. We only get one. Don't, don't, he's going to be dealing with his back injury for the rest of his life. I mean, look at how he's aging on the outside. Imagine how he's aging on the inside. I know, those bones. Like, <laughs> they're so frail. All he eats is KD. <laughs> so, switching gears, at the mall, Craig sees Ashley, um, and they're at, like, a music shop, and they have, like, headphones on, which oh, I Oh, yeah, it's very, like, high-fidelity moment. It's such a throw, yeah, it's very high-fidelity. It's such a throwback. Um, and so... Did you used to go to, like, the, the warehouse music and listen to the CDs? Uh, no. <laughs> you used to get to do that. They would open up the CD and they would let you listen to all the tracks. No, we didn't have anywhere like that when I was growing up. Or like maybe I just missed the boat on I that forgot era. You, I forgot you were in the Dust Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's what they call Arkansas. Yeah, uh, the old country. Um, music, music's not allowed there. No, it's no, it's like Footloose. It's like Footloose, <laughs> but the whole state and for all music. <laughs> so uh, he so Craig sees Ashley and so he tries to extend an olive branch and it seems like. He's finally gonna apologize for is the whole. Not in Arkansas. Where is it? No, I, I think know. it's Arkansas. I don't think it's in Arkansas. I think it's in Texas. Okay, continue. But I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> uh, I don't remember. So um, it seems like Craig is finally gonna apologize for the whole two timing thing. Mm-hmm. But of course, it's a fake out, and he apologizes for making fun of Ashley's angsty, overwrought poetry. My words, not his. Utah. Continue. Utah? Yep. <laughs> huh. Those, those damn Mormons. <laughs> wow. Yeah, they don't like dancing. They don't like music at all. Um, and so Ashley is like, this is about my lyrics? And Craig, being an oblivious doofus, is like, what else would it be about? <laughs> and then Ashley is like, fuck this. I'm out of here. This was like, I get, look, he's a dumb high school boy i guess you could make the this is one of the least emotionally intelligent moments of any character well i think he and i think what we know about craig is that he puts blinders on right yes and like he doesn't yeah exactly he doesn't want to actually confront the real issue and so he thinks that this will like ease ease tension somehow even though obviously of course it does not um and no, of course it's not emotionally intelligent, but like I don't know. I think it's believable. It's believable. Yeah. It's some fuckboy shit, but it's believable. Craig, you know, he has his fuckboy moments. He does, he does. This we're, season. we're witnessing them right now. <laughs> so Joey is still recovering from his little handstand injury. And so he starts making arrangements to don't have Don't play around, you know. No, You're an do, adult. Don't do handstands. And At so... least get on a mat first, you know, you gotta take care of your body. <laughs> he said, Hold on, you guys, I'm gonna bring <laughs> out the yoga <laughs> mat <laughs> while we're outside. Let's still maintain this energy. Don't go inside yet. Make a little pillow for it. So Joey starts making arrangements to have Angela stay with his mother. And Caitlin, feeling challenged by this and determined to prove her her parenting bona fides, Mm -hmm. uh, she insists that she can take care of them both. Good luck. Yep. <laughs> uh, we've, we've talked about this for too long. I hate 
all this. Uh, so it's school. This I hate. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Madison. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's school. All the bands are rehearsing for the battle of the bands. They are. But you know how you have a dress rehearsal for a concert. <laughs> Yeah, that was weird, right? <laughs> I thought it was very weird. Yeah, that was odd. But I guess, I don't know. I think you kind of, I don't know. Do, well, they actually, now Are they thinking even about changing it. out the drums? It seems like they're all playing the same drums. Well, I don't know. I guess we did rehearsals for talent shows and stuff. So I guess that makes sense. I guess. Yeah. This makes, I mean, yeah, you got to have a tech rehearsal. Whatever. Let's let's keep going. Yeah, we're wrong. Uh, we're sorry, show. You're you're right. Um, but Craig still doesn't have lyrics ready, so it's just him and his band, and they're up there jamming wordlessly. And then up next is Ashley and her band, Hell Hath No Fury. What happened to PMS? Oh, that was a, such a good name. Yeah. But Paige isn't the frontman, frontwoman anymore. P- um, Pashley Michael. <laughs> Kerwin and the Sex Kittens. It still works. Nailed it. Yep. Rolls off the tongue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so they have Paige on guitar, Ellie on bass, mm-hmm. Hazel um, on keyboard. Hazel. And then there's Hazel. Ha- on keyboard, but we assume she's just has it on loop and I she's just she's, like... She's sort of like the keyboard cat. She's she's moving her little paws around, but it has no correspondence with the, the notes we're hearing. They may as well just given her a tambourine and said, have fun out there. <laughs> Tambourine's a little noisy. I think I think this is better for her. Uh, and so Ashley is, of course, on lead vocals. Yes. And Ashley starts singing, and the lyrics um, they seem pointed. Yes. I would say. So I have them. Uh, I have them here transcribed. Oh, let's hear them. Please. All right. This song is a prize for breaking my heart. Should have written these words to you right from the start. Mm-hmm. You say it doesn't matter that it's all in the past, but pain doesn't show. It's disguised by this mask. But I can't pretend to forgive and forget gonna make the day you met me a day you'll regret because you're the dust in my eye you're the rock in my shoe yeah you You lie 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 it's good um hot take i think this is the best degrassi song period um for me so i think think this is the best song to this at this point i don't remember what comes later but if this came on like the radio during like a, a throwback like a 90s alt rock like block you would be like oh this is just like a 90s alt rock like it's a totally competent song with a good hook mm-hmm. they sound great it's produced well yeah i like it honestly it's this is for the swifties out there this is very speak now this is very taylor swift speak now is that a specific song or is that an era? it's an album I but see. it's very better than revenge which is a song from that album and i'm bringing this up because this uh taylor swift's Taylor's version of Speak Now just came out. So this is this is timely. It's wait, Taylor's version? It's a, it's a whole thing. We we, we it's we'll already have to go off version. Mi- no, we got it. Well, this is an off mic conversation. Oh, I don't, don't want to get into this. Uh, <laughs> She's not Canadian. Uh, we can't talk about her. <laughs> and so as he's listening to this, Craig is just fuming. Mm-hmm. He's so mad. He's so so mad. It zooms in on his little mad face. Well, that's the thing. This is also why it gives me Taylor Swift vibes because, of course, this is you know a revenge breakup song, mm-hmm. right? Which so. is ninety percent of what. Taylor does. Well, well. <laughs> That's why she dates so many people. She does. She's got to come up with a new single. <laughs> 2012 wants its lazy jokes back. Thank you, Tina Fey and Amy I'm Poehler. Sorry that I, I'm sorry that I only know one thing about her. <laughs> it's 
That's all I know. I'm sorry. I'm. Uh, you want me to comment on her? Okay. She's not part of this episode. Okay. I'm as trying punish- to yes and. As punishment, I'm going back to Joey um, <laughs> and Caitlin. So back at Joey's. Caitlin is. Oh, this de- is even worse. Caitlin <laughs> is determined to prove that women can have it all. Oh, she's such a mess with her little towel. She's she's being a superhero with. Oh, we're past that scene. No. Oh, well, what's she doing scene. now? Is she cooking? She's cooking. She's 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 cooking. Yeah. I'll let her let her cook. Um, so Caitlin's getting ready for work and making breakfast because women can have it all. But it's so weird because it looks like everyone's eating already. Well, Angela doesn't like and she's her still food. cooking. I know, but there's still oatmeal on the stove. Well, it's... that was because she okay. So she served. She made uh, Angela oatmeal. And so the oatmeal is just like leftover oatmeal. Uh, okay, I, guess. I missed that. That um, makes sense then. But uh, in this episode, Angela has decided to become a complete brat and make Caitlin's life a living hell. And so she's like, I don't want this gross oatmeal, which I love oatmeal. I don't like oatmeal. I love oatmeal. Quaker brand instant oatmeal. Hello? You and Sergio can go eat your oatmeals together. Oh, does Sergio love oatmeal? He loves oatmeal. I just Aww. bought him an oatmeal today. Oh my God, I love oatmeal. He's sick, so I brought him an oatmeal. Oh. Oh, that's nice. You're the best. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, Angela is insistent that Caitlin make her pancakes instead of the gross oatmeal. Uh, although I will, again, so she is, okay, this kid, Angela, or Caitlin made for Angela, she made her oatmeal, which did not look like Quaker instant oats. No, it looked it, like it looked like it yeah. looked like she farmed those oats herself. Yeah, and, and fresh <laughs> and fruit. And them. <laughs> and fresh fruit on the there's side. There's fresh fruits. There's also toast. Like, yeah. are you full yet? Fuck this child? kid. Yeah. Fuck this kid. This is a d- delicious balanced you breakfast. You are the size of a hummingbird. Just eat the little oranges and you'll be done. You tiny child. Uh, I also love like the detail. Caitlin has like two curlers perched atop her head she's a zany girl you know she's well, <laughs> trying to have it all well like i love how like because it's always like just a couple curlers in your hair is like the universal sign of a woman on the go <laughs> like oh i got places to be i got curlers in my hair just two just two also her hair looks terrible it's not her fault i think that this is an unfortunate era for styling in general marco's outfits this is a tangent marco's outfits are straight trash this whole episode this poor boy looks like garbage in this episode or the next episode both he looks terrible I, I have issues with Marco's hair. Which his is when hair. You said, gets when you said so that comment about his, about the hair in this episode, I was no, like, oh, I don't know. His hair in the next episode gets poofier and poofier <laughs> each scene, and I think that process actually starts in this episode because it starts good and it's just poof, 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 poof. Marco's hair this whole season has just been like, I, what, what's going on, sir? <sighs> we, we'll, we'll save it. I just wanted to mention that because Marco's outfits this episode were particularly bad. So Caitlin has to call in to tell her work that she's going to be late because Angela needs her fucking pancakes. But then she drops her phone in the oatmeal. Well, but then Angela just like yells and that like startles Caitlin and then she <laughs> drops her phone in the oatmeal and Angela's just like yelling about nothing. Just... Caitlin, you know what? Caitlin's a, a reporter. She's been in wartime situations. She's very easily uh, alarmed, you know? <laughs> <laughs> she heard Angela scream and she was like, oh, danger. <laughs> she dropped her phone. She just got back from Iraq. Yeah, the station she was there. reporting, reporting on, on yeah. Fallujah. Uh, <laughs> uh, honestly, that phone is probably fine. It's fine. It's you like, can wipe it off. It's very thick oatmeal. Those yeah. films, like, they'll, they'll last through anything. Yeah, like, those little flip fine. phones, come on. Um, so back at school, Craig confronts Ashley over her lyrics, and Ashley pulls a Taylor Swift and is like, who said that this song is about you? I didn't mm. name any names. Bet you think this song is about you, don't you? Yeah, it's Carly Simon. Don't you? Oh, okay. Um, that's not that. Um, what? Yes, it is. Is it? 
I think. I can't remember. Don't put me uh, on the I spot thought you were, right I thought now. you were doing, like, pussycat dolls. Um, no, I don't, was definitely don't not you. doing pussycat No, I was um, not. I would never. <laughs> <laughs> so, Craig tries to make some empty threats, and then he calls her a prude. Not great. No, that was gross. That was a very gross moment for Craig. Yeah. I did not like that. But Ashley, in supremely cunt fashion, is not having it. So, I... Meta... 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 Meta, this episode is brought to you by Meta. (laughs) Um, No, Meta thought about Ashley. I think that she is probably one of the least well-defined of the main characters from this original class. Because her her personality, her wants and needs, they do kind of just seem randomly based on what we need for the episode. This mode is, I think, Ashley at her most likable. First of all, I like her hair. She looks great. She looks really good. Second of all, I like her with a vendetta. She's, like, right to be mad about this. She's not, like, being weird and petty. She's not trying to do a Toby and trick people into liking her. Mm-hmm. She, I like her a lot in this well, Toby's just catching strays right now. <laughs> He's like, now why am I in it? <laughs> That's just Toby's whole defining trait. And Ashley does do that sometimes. Well, Maybe it runs in the family. To your point, I, so I agree. I think this is, like, when Ashley... Ashley sort of has, like, she's on, like, the warpath. I think that's when she's at her most likable, right? Yes, I, I enjoy this. But also, I think, and this will become an issue, I think, particularly next season. So, you know, jumping ahead. But, like, Ashley's character, the thing with Ashley is that her character sort of becomes, like, subsumed by Craig's character. Yes. And by his storyline. She becomes very reactive. She becomes a satellite yes. to him. And, and even and, to Jimmy, you know? Yeah. And so, which is too bad, because, again, I feel like, there's actually like when when we have Ashley sort of you know displaying agency, it's yes. it's it's entertaining. This is one of her best episodes. This is definitely her best like kind of era. Yeah, and when she's like you know being sassy and like you know trolling like Craig, Ooh, it's, yeah, it's good. She sells those lines. She's really good. Melissa McIntyre, very good in this episode. We love you, Melissa. Come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so Craig tells the band that he's ready to call it quits, but Spinner and Jimmy have a brilliant mm-hmm. idea, and they play a sick hip-hop beat, and then it is all downhill from there. Yes. Uh, did, uh, I, I, uh, did you write down these lyrics Oh, God, well? did I not write down these lyrics? I would rather just not repeat them. Um, basically, <laughs> it, they start spitting a sexist rap, uh, complete with a get-back-in-the-kitchen punchline. Yeah, and Spinner wrote it, but right? But and Jimmy's, like, Jimmy's also very, on the flow. He's and... very happy to be a part of it. Uh, t- t- My t- question is this. If the it, we've been practicing this song, we know this is the song we like, why not write lyrics to that song instead of writing an entirely new song? It's yeah. really stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and also, like, you're just going to play the hip-hop beat on stage and no one... What's Marco doing there? Is he just your hype man? Like, yeah, what, that's what's it. going on? Marco, Marco's going to have the tambourine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's he's going to have the boombox and he just hits play. Yes. And, and then they... Uh, Craig kind uh, of well, storms out with well, Marco. I just wanted to note that, like, this is what launched Drake's career. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he did write this. Uh, yeah. I wonder. Yeah, he wrote this rap. Yeah, it would make sense, wouldn't it? Uh, it's funny because this is like played for a joke, and then he actually went on to become one of the most famous rappers alive. It's shocking every time I think about how famous Drake is, and it's he's on this weird, weird show. Wild. Wild. Okay, so, yeah. So, Craig storms off. Um, oh, yeah. Well, Craig and Marco look on horrified at this rap, by the yes, way. Yes, they don't they're, like they're not. They're not fans. And so, Marco's like, let's go for a walk. Um, and so, while and then they do a really, really cringy scene where they're like, oh, you gotta, like, release your tension and scream in the forest. And, oh, you didn't scream loud enough. Oh, I hated this. This was so cheesy. 
Oh. Did you like it? I mean, it was fine. I hated it. It's fine. They do like the... I it, like the tropes in this show. I thought this was a supremely poorly executed Well, trope. I remember... I did not like it. I remember all. seeing this scene all the time in, like, ads for Degrassi on Team Nick. Why? Like, well, because they would do, like... The, scene. It would be, like, a super cut of, like, scenes from the show, and, like, one of them was Craig screaming, you know, at the top of his lungs. This is some fucking, like, Garden State nonsense. Fucking hate. hate This Uh, this precedes Garden State, so. I know, but you know what? This makes me hate Garden State more. (laughs) (laughs) I still have not seen it. I don't think it's good. I haven't watched it. Does anyone think it's good? I think people still like it, but I'm like, watch it again. I don't think it's good. Uh, well... I don't know why I hate that movie now, but that's my new vendetta. I don't know. Everyone hates that movie. I'm going to write an anthem about how much I don't like Garden State, the movie. And I'm going to sing it at my local talent show. You should. I'm going to... rattle the band. And I'm going to do a t-shirt where Zach Braff's little face Now is you're there. spoiling. Now you're spoiling. Well, we need to power through this. We... We, we got to get to the battle of the Well, plan. this screaming scene, to to your point, the screaming doesn't doesn't work. It doesn't do anything for Frank. No. Or does it? <gasps> uh, I don't think it does. So, at Joey's, <laughs> Caitlin has apparently lavished Angela with a shopping spree. Angela's still thoroughly unimpressed and has clearly realized that Caitlin is a doormat who can be taken advantage of. Girl, you got to stand up for yourself. Well, you give kids an inch, they'll take a mile, as we all know. And Caitlin tells her, Angela, to wash her hands for dinner. And Angela's like, nah, I don't feel like it. I'm going to go skate. I'm going to go outside skate. Yeah, with my new skates that you bought me, you bitch. You dumb bitch. <laughs> you fucking whore. <laughs> and, and then Caitlin, and Caitlin like, hey. Yeah, Caitlin snaps. Yes. And says, you listen here, missy. You wash those hands right now. You wash those grubby little mitts. And uh, and Angela's like, I hate you. And Angela? <laughs> and stomps off. Angela? I agree. <laughs> uh, well, can I say... Angela, we all kind of hate Caitlyn. <laughs> can I say that I actually don't think... Angela's actress, um, who I think I think it's Alex Steele, because it's yes. Cassie Steele. Cassie Steele's sister. little sister. Um, I don't think she's really selling petulance very well. Like, <sighs> when you think okay, when I think of a badly behaving kid, I think I think of crying and screaming. Where is the screaming? Far be it from me to say, why are you critiquing this young actor's performance? But she is uh, like six. <laughs> I just think that children, you know, it's just not good. Like, it's, she, she says, you would have been like you. You would have been like Stanley Kubrick and you would have been torturing this child psychologically to get I her to a think, place where she was petulant. I just, I'm not saying I could have done a better job directing, but I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, she delivers the line, I hate you, so flatly. You know what? How old were you when this episode came out? I actually do think you maybe, at that age, could have directed this oh, a little better. <laughs> oh, well, I could have acted in it better. <laughs> I, that I definitely I, I, And I was the right age. I was a menace. I was ready to be a menace on that set. Uh, so I'm just saying, like, when I think of, like, because, like, when kids are, like, don't want to do something, they let you know in no uncertain terms. And this is just, like... Very flaccid. Very flaccid on behalf of Angela. Flaccid. What is that? Death becomes her. Let's oh. continue. Oh. <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, so it's the day of the Battle of the Bands. It's the battle. The, the fabled Battle of the Bands. We've all been looking forward to it. Yes. And Ashley and her band are rocking some teas depicting Craig's head melting with flames in the background. Can I say something? You may. 
This is when she lost the crown. Oh, yeah? You made the art about someone else. You had plausible deniability before. You gotta make the art, even if it's revenge art, you gotta make it about your experience and your feelings. Uh, I don't know. I think it's fierce. No. It's tacky. And maybe just one of them, but the matching, they all have... Cra- this was like when... This is... this is No, this is like when Roxy Andrews did Alaska for Snatch Game. It's like, you just lost the crown. You, you are making the show about your companion. Oh, uh, no, I think it's very punk rock. It's very down with the, the sexist man. I don't like it. I think it's fun. I mean, I, th- it, I, think, it's, she, I think it's when she lost the crown. That's I will say, it's definitely... And the ju- by the way, Evan, the judges agree with me. Spoiler. Oh my God, you didn't... <laughs> Spoiler alert. Jesus. No one has seen this show. No one, none of our listeners have seen this no episode. One, no one has ever watched this show. Uh, I will say... They just scream at each other about it. I will say, this is definitely grounds for bullying and would not be allowed yeah. at our local battle yeah, bands. But... I don't know. I think it's cunty. It's pretty funny when Ashley goes, it's amazing what you can do with computers these days. It's like, yeah, you mean Photoshop. You, you can make shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Laser printing. Part of it. <laughs> T- we went to Kinko's. <laughs> Red bubble. <laughs> so Craig confronts her once again, and she tells him how hard her life has been in the aftermath of her breakup, and it's been super fucking hard. Mm-hmm. He couldn't even imagine. And so he repeats... That he's sorry, he's sorry, he's sorry, he's sorry, and asks how many times he has to say it. And she responds in very slay fashion, until you mean it. Really good line. I liked it. Great. She gnaws on that line. Yeah. Crunches on it. Love Ashley. Revenge Ashley is our favorite Ashley. Yes, absolutely. And so, uh, Hell Hath No Fury, they play their song, Mr. Nice Guy. They kill it. It's a, uh, it's a great performance. They're fully engaged. They're they're engaged with the audience. It's really oh my good. god, it's so good. I loved it. I love the spoken word bit at the end where she says, "You're so nice." Yeah, that's great. <laughs> very very busy Phillips and Girls Five Eva. If you've seen that, <laughs> I have not. It's exactly what Busy Phillips would do. <laughs> uh, so then up next is a uh, downtown Sasquatch. Is this the first time they've been called that? I think so. That's a big deal because. Degrassi superfans will know this is probably the most famous of the Degrassi bands, even more so than the Zit Remedy, I would say. I would say. I mean, well, this 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 iteration of Degrassi is just bigger than you know, yeah every other iteration. And yeah, like so, this is the this first is the Degrassi band. The um, and it's existed for a while, but they finally they finally have it. a name, or maybe they named it five episodes ago and we forgot. I don't think so. I'm okay. pretty sure this is the first time it's been this named. Is it. We are not. <laughs> We are not experts, apparently. We're not historians. Despite the fact that we have a podcast. Despite the fact that Evan worked on the wiki. (laughs) As an editor. Um, But uh, Craig is nowhere to be found. And so they bumble their way on stage, and Spinner is prepared to start his sexist rap, apparently. It doesn't make any sense, because... Because they start playing their instruments. He sits down at the drums, and there's no microphone there. I mean, I guess he could rap and... Do their, but like, what instrumental are they playing? Sense. It doesn't it, make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. It's so clearly set up for Craig to walk on stage at the last minute. Yeah, which Craig is exactly comes what he does to salvage the performance last minute, and he's got a little like on a torn out piece of paper. Yeah, because he, well, he just wrote the lyrics, scrawled lyrics. Yeah, it's because he just he he was like, wait, that screaming he actually didn't, worked. He didn't even have a pen. He had to like dip a thumbtack in ink. <laughs> <laughs> Very hastily scrawled. Um, so I have the lyrics to this one also transcribed. Let's hear it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if you'll forgive me for being so blind to how you felt. I don't, don't know if you'll forgive me 
for being so blind. It was very like dashboard confessional kind of Yes. But, but good. I like it more than dashboard confessional. Oh, oh. Because I oh, hate dashboard oh, confessional. Oh. Take it away. Uh, <laughs> don't ask me why I couldn't see it, and that'd take me years to figure out. And that's not something I know much about. Yeah. But there's only one way to find out. Well, there's a lot of, there's a, lot, there's a little spoon there's moon, a, yeah, June. Yeah, it's a little, uh, it's a little. What I know is that I hurt you. What I know is that I suck. And what I know is that I'm sorry. What I know is that I'm a loser. And what I know is I screwed up. And then I never earned your trust. And what I know is that everything I touch just turns to dust. It's good lyrics. It, it gets better. At the it end. gets better. It, um, Much like our lives. You know, I think it's, <laughs> it gets better. <laughs> uh, I think it's very vulnerable. Like, I like how raw uh, Jake Epstein sounds His, delivering this. I think if any other character on the show tried to sing these lyrics, I wouldn't care. I think he really sold it. Yeah, I will say. Can they give these kids a bridge? A second verse, maybe? No, all songs must be they're 45 just like, seconds. They're just like, nope, it's all chorus. <laughs> all chorus here. Uh, but the crowd eats it up. Yeah. And, and Ashley, in particular, is very moved, it mm-hmm. seems. Uh, so, we're wrapping things up here. Back at Joey's. Caitlin feels guilty about the way she treated Angela. But Joey tells her she can't just be Angela's friend, and she has to have Angela's respect as well. Yes. That's it. Hated it. <laughs> boring next next <laughs> so we find out that downtown sasquatch won the battle of the bands they do did. you agree no no i don't either i well here's the thing is i think we've got to judge it if it was just based on the song obviously hell hath no fury had oh a, a you're doing this is about the shirts again isn't it's it? not just about the shirts no, it's about the shirts. you gotta you've gotta have passion and you've got to direct that passion into the right place Ashley won the revenge contest. She didn't win the singing of the song contest because her head was not in the game. The song was better, though. I agree. Right? Like, I thought they fucking slayed. They killed it. You know, styling, presentation, like... They the, had... Oh, oh the yes. The music industry is fickle. Oh, yeah. The, the, okay, I think this is just sexism winning out. But I agree. I agree. They I had, agree. They had matching <laughs> outfits, and Spinner comes out looking like Spinner. I don't know. I thought the matchy matchy. Robbed. The matchy matchy was Stop too much. the count. <laughs> oh Stop no, the I count. I don't, I don't know what this is. Let's, let's finish this up. <laughs> uh, so Ashley shows up to sincerely congratulate them, and she compliments Craig on his lyrics. Mm-hmm. And it seems that the hatchet is once and for all finally buried. They are done with this. Uh, this episode it's fantastic. It's good. The A plot is. I good. had a lot of yeah. I had a lot of negative things to say, including some negative things to say. You about did. The A-plot. You were kind of a hater, honestly. But in spite of all the mean things I said, this is a good episode that I really enjoyed revisiting. I would but, give it a B plus kind of region for me. Oh no, I definitely think it's well. The A plot is an A. It, I think. It's not like an S tier for me. I think it maybe is for you. It's a low well, A, high B for me. It's just a culmination. So because it serves as the culmination of this Craig and Ashley storyline this entire season. Oh, and emotionally it does work. Yeah, I think that's strong yeah and like it's funny because it's like relatively low stakes like there have been with these two characters you know higher stake episodes yeah. uh, but like and this is just you know it's kind of it's kind of a silly conceit on the face of it but i don't know it's just it, it's so winning it's i feel like good. an execution yeah. uh and it sets up storylines to come in the next season yes with the this this is gonna the, this award is gonna come back Yes. next season um so that's important it is weird i will say that the two plots in this episode never intersect considering that 
Craig Liz was Joey. Yeah, and he well, I guess he's not helping out around the house. <laughs> yeah, apparently not. Caitlin's he's like, it. oh, Caitlin's here. Good. She can mom the fuck out of y'all. I mean, I would do the same. Anyway, did it go there? No, right? I think it did because it exposed sexism in the music industry. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> You're right. Uh-huh. You're right. <laughs> that's a very that's a very hot button that's, issue. That's 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 true. Yeah, we're gonna go to a little break now, and uh, we'll be back with the next episode. It's called something. Bye. <laughs> All right, season three, episode nineteen. It's raining men, named after the song by the Weather Girls. It's raining men. I love this song. I also love this song. It's a great, it's a great drag number. It's oh, of course. And did you know this was uh, co-written by Paul Schaefer? Really? Yes, it's his one songwriting credit. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Huh? Because I used to love watching Letterman, and that was like a little fact that came up sometimes. Wow. Huh? Does it does it seem? Does it? Are there any Schaeferian elements to it? Do you think? Yeah, I think it's very bombastic. Like watching Letterman back in the day, he was always like amping up the band, and he's all about high energy. Mm. And I think that once you get to that chorus, it like really pops it, off. It sure does. Yeah. Um, this episode also great. This is a good episode. I, I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. Um, so let's just dive in, shall we? Let, let's. <laughs> I tried to say yes in my mouth. Oh, God. Use Something your, happened in there. Use your words. <laughs> so we open with Marco unveiling the poster for the semi-formal, which is basically a prom, right? I think so. Right. But uh, I, I think maybe it's not a prom because they're not seniors. I guess. Yeah. I guess that's what it is. Um, so it's a semi-formal. Yes, sure. Um, separate, but equal. <laughs> I don't, I don't know about this. Let's, let's uh, keep going. Uh, and he's still fixated on Bollywood. And, yes. And which it shows. Which is kind of weird. In the design of the poster. Which is towing the line of cultural appropriation, but it's it's fine. It's a little appropriation-y. I, th- I, I would like to believe it's appreciation. I assume he's buying a lot of movie tickets. I don't know that that money's like going back to the Indian artist that made it. I just think it's clear that he has a love for the art form. It seems innocent enough. And reformed homophobe Spinner is licking his lips, ready to just say the F slur. <laughs> he's ready. He's, he's like, I'm he's gonna... not ready. Yeah. And then, unfortunately. And then Marco's dad comes out of the car to be like, I'm making the posters for your dad. He immediately B- does this. Baba de boopity. I will say this was about the moment where I was like, I, I think Marco's maybe not Latino. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know anyone. I don't know anyone in my family talks with this accent. <laughs> he like pulled out a tomato and like squished it and made some pasta and you're like, hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe not Del Rossi, okay, maybe that's not <laughs> A Spanish. Buongiorno. <laughs> okay, uh, okay. To be fair, his dad's <laughs> actor is Italian X. Okay, great. So I guess he's allowed to do it. Sure. Uh, and I'm and I am I am too because this is my show. <laughs> so bobbity boobity. It's fine. They're white people. We're allowed to make fun of them still. It's someone you know could be Italian X for all. You I know. have many Italian friends. I have uh, Italian people in my family. I'm not related to them by blood, but they're they're lovely people. <laughs> A lovely people. <laughs> Uh, and Marco's dad is like, Marco will be king of the prom, yes. but who will be my son's queen? You got a little Dracula there for a second. <laughs> oh, well, I'm working on it. <laughs> why, why don't you have a date? Uh, it is kind of, oh, I don't know. I'm working on it. You're, work- you're doing a great job. I, this is all live, so 
Bear with us. <laughs> We're in the moment. So, <laughs> and then we, he's like, why aren't you getting with any of these beautiful young ladies? Beautiful young ladies. Yeah. I, I know, so, no, I I'm getting further from it. I know. How is that happening? I'm getting know. worse. Uh, uh, and, and that's okay. So then we cut to Marco looking longingly over at Dylan. And it's like, oh, that, yeah, that's right. That's why. That's why he doesn't have a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who forgot. Yes, so, and Dylan is, of course, the, the Dylan, gay brother. Dylan, Paige's brother. Yes. Paige's gay brother. Gay, gay brother we all have one um or we are the gay brother i guess or I, you're the, or you're an only child i'm an only child um <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm my my cat's gay brother that's true yeah <laughs> so later marco vents about this to dylan and he not so subtly hints at his crush on dylan he does and then Dylan, not so subtly, asks Marco out on a date to see a zombie movie. Yeah, but Marco's like, ooh, too spooky for me. I know, Dylan's like laying it on thick, too. He's like, God, I've been waiting forever for it to come out, but I just don't have anyone to see it with me. If only there was somebody who wanted to see it with me. Well, if he's not even going to go with his best friend, Ellie, like, why are you forcing him to go? The one thing that annoyed me is Dylan is being such a bad date. Like, he's like... Marco has expressed that he's not interested in this genre of film. Take him to something else. Oh my god, what? You're on... What? What? I would never force Sergio to watch a zombie movie. He doesn't like horror movies. We'll go watch... He doesn't force him to go, because Marco says, <laughs> oh does. no. No, he, he says, doesn't. if you don't go, I'm gonna fuck Tom. That's no, literally that what is, he says. That is not... <laughs> he says, I'm is, gonna fuck one of that you. Is it's Im- gonna be the one I go to the movie that with. Is, it's gonna be you or Tom. That is implied. And it's like... <laughs> no, it's like... I think it's important to, like, try to expose yourself to new things and new experiences for your your potential significant other. I think that's important. I also and Marco, think that people can have boundaries and they can say, I've seen enough scary movies to know that they upset me. Right. <laughs> but no. Uh, <laughs> Continue. Uh, so yeah. So Dylan's like, well, never mind. Tom will go with me. Bye. Bye, faggot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you so, like zombie movies. Too? I love zombie movies. I think the genre got a little played out post Walking Dead. I haven't seen anything post Walking Dead that I think of as like a really good zombie thing so i used to love zombie movies i in particular i love resident evil resident uh, evil's great well, i prefer the games the movies are trash so but i never fun trash. i never played the games which probably made my enjoyment of the movies easier it made it a lot easier because um, i would not watch them because they were so different from the i games. will say i feel like i liked zombie movies a lot when i was younger now i don't really care as much but like when i was a kid because i used to like pretend and role play like i was in the zombie apocalypse oh, yeah, it's fun. you know you'd be like oh how would you survive and like oh what weapons would you use like it's just a very fun little like survival fantasy i think yes it's one of the most fun survival um scenarios that you can imagine and right I think it works great for like video games and stuff i think it works better for video games than like a narrative because i feel like walking dead really took the george romero and like turned it up to 11 and i don't think there's anything interesting left to do with it in my opinion mm-hmm. so Meanwhile, JT has landed a hot gig in an ad campaign for fries. I got so excited. I forgot about this episode. I forgot about this commercial. And when I saw the standee, the big cardboard standee of JT, I got very excited. Yeah. I was very happy. uh, These fries will be featured in 
Canada's public school cafeterias <laughs> across the country. Apparently. And you know how, like, when you put fries in a school cafeteria, you have to like do the big to... ad campaign. Yeah, yeah, of course, <laughs> the the rollout. You've got to create brand awareness for these <laughs> fries that doesn't seem like there's any other choice of fries. <laughs> and uh, so this cardboard cutout that JT is holding of himself uh, is wearing an outfit that can only be described as off the chain, dog. It's off the chain. It's very. Um, it sort of looks like when the Looney Tunes got in basketball outfits for Space Jam. It's like, you're a cartoon, but I guess this is your sports outfit? Right. <laughs> but it's obviously not meant to be sports. It's more of a, like, hip-hop. Like... No, he has, like, the hat to the side. Yes. He has a, a chain on his neck, it, he looks around like, his neck. He looks like Daffy Duck in Space Jam. That's <laughs> that's what I imagine when I look at JT. In he, has, he definitely has Daffy Duck energy. <laughs> um, and not only that, but JT is also going to star in a commercial. Yes. For fries. For fries. Uh, and JT, hoping to impress Manny, not, uh, gets the bright idea to host a launch party and convinces Toby to host. Mm-hmm. On the condition that it will be a small, exclusive get-together. And then hard cut to and him. smash cut yeah. to JT handing out flyers for the party. Yeah. So, it was, which is a great edit. Yeah, love, and, love and then surely, like, this party will get really out of hand, won't it? Surely. It's going to get nuts. We'll, we'll just have to wait we'll and see, see, won't we? It'll be a totally worthy payoff for this. <laughs> so later, Spinner grills Marco about his crush on Dylan, and Spinner makes it his mission to hook the two of them up. This gave me whiplash. I know we just had a an, uh, an whole episode where they like kind of got back to like being on friendly terms, but this is just too fast, and this is just giving a... I don't know. I, I think I like this episode a little less than you, because this, this A-plot... All the Spinner stuff didn't work for me. He's he's atoning for his past homophobic sins. I know. I understand that. It just feels unearned and it's a little distracting. I'm willing to live in the reality of this world and like, okay, now this is I what think... Spinner's character is. But it is such a hard smash. Even from the first line he has in this episode where he's like, hey, look at this Italian faggot over here. Yeah, his, his, his line. <laughs> Transcribed. Yeah, <laughs> I wrote it down. Uh, I didn't want to forget. <laughs> so uh, I disagree. I I think I still don't know if they did the lead work to get to this moment. That's my problem. No, I like I agree. I just think it still works in and of itself. It's fine. If this was the first episode of Degrassi I watched, the the behavior would seem normal. Right. And I guess we're just supposed to accept that some things have happened in the several weeks since we last checked in on them, and now this is where Spinner's at. Yeah, fine, and so we can fine. sort of assume that there's been, like, they've been working on it off screen, right? It just, like, it, it just, it feels a little unearned, and because it's supposed to be redeeming a homophobe, it's like, put the work in, come on. Like, we're, it feels like we're giving him a free pass. Yeah, I still feel like this is less the fault of, the, obviously, the fault of this plot, specifically, and more just the subplot that they used to get to this point. Probably. Previously. Yeah. Because we had issues with that one. That could have been better written, and then this would... And then this would have landed better. And it right. would have been a great choice to have that full arc to, like, now he's really trying to make it work. Right. But anyway, we should get into the beats of it, because I think this is all kind of insane. So Spinner urges Marco to go ask Dylan out, but just as he's about to, in sachets, Tom, the despicable little faggot. Okay, what they do makes me sick. With his mix CD <laughs> he made for Dylan. Hey, I made you this CD. What do you think was on that CD? Okay, I actually know. Oh, yes, I, okay, yeah. I feel me. like it, it's that song that's like, and every time we touch, oh my God. I get excited. That's and every does. time I touch it. And then I think there's maybe like, um, Every Time We Touch by yes. Cascada. Yeah. Yes. And then I think maybe there's like a, 
I don't know, like a Kelly Rowland song or something. I, so, okay, my guess was like Nelly Furtado. Ooh, yes. Avril Canadian. Levine. Avril Lavigne. Oh, all these Canadian people. Shania. Is she Canadian? Also Canadian. Oh. But then I also was like, well, I can't just be Canadian. I, I thought Kelly Clarkson's got to be on this CD. Mm. I thought Christina Canadian Aguilera. Canadian, Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> Christina Aguilera. Is she Canadian? No. Oh, we're doing a different game Kelly, now. No, I told you. Kelly Clarkson. Okay. No, these aren't Canadian. <laughs> and then, of course, like Beyonce. But I think also that has got us up. I, I don't know if that came out yet. I was doing circa 2003, obviously. So That might be a little early, so um, I'm probably wrong now. So, um, anyway, that's my guess. They got they got a pre-release of that song. <laughs> <laughs> the demo. Yes. Um, I will say, Tom's pretty cute. Eh, not for me. Oh, Okay. Tom looks like... He has a much better haircut than Marco. Tom looks like... And this is so rude because I'm saying that I'm not attracted to this person. I don't think this person is ugly. This kind of person is just not my type. She... She she, or her? Tom. Tom, She looks like Princess Poppy out of drag and just like a fully like blank slate white boy to me. That's like just my... Wow. I'm sorry. Shots it just doesn't work for me. Fired. He's not, he's not ugly by any means. I'm sure he aged into a very handsome man. But he's just a little, I don't know, milk toast for I don't me. Know. Don't you know that everyone is entitled to your attraction? How dare you? <laughs> I am not attracted to every single person. And that's on me. I should be hornier. <laughs> I'm working against my biases. <laughs> uh-huh. So, Marco, I'm gonna I'm just gonna let you, you know, stop before you hang yourself with your own rope. Thank um, you. <laughs> so Marco is discouraged by the sight of Tom and walks away feeling defeated. And then later on in science class, they're learning about how bees are perfect. And I agree. Bees are perfect. Bees are great. Have you seen the bricks that the bees live in now? The bricks? They have to make buildings with these bee bricks. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds adorable. Yeah, it's not everywhere, but in certain cities, it's like... if To you're... accommodate for the bees. Mm-hmm. So that they can survive in urban environments. Aww. There's these, it's like a brick with little holes in it. Aww. So the bees can like hide out in there before... A little bee home. Yeah, it's great. That's so cute. So I love bees. that. Yeah. Uh, but Marco is... If you're a bee and you're listening to this podcast... <laughs> we love you. Come on the show. We're huge we fans want to of hear your work. story. <laughs> uh, but Marco is no fan of bees. Mm-mm. And he calls them flying death monkeys, which... This is weird. Okay. And also, like, I was afraid of bees as a kid. I wouldn't be afraid of a picture of a bee. I just thought this was silly. So, okay. They're, so... they're trying to lay the tracks a little too much for this bee scene. Well, right. Later. So I will say it's just too much for me. I will say I used to be scared of bees probably because I just associated them with stinging mm-hmm. and because I saw my girl at a young age. Yes, and he and, died. And it did not we saw what happened to Macaulay Culkin, it did not end well. He died, spoiler for <laughs> Spoiler my, for my girl. He, he fully dies. He fully fucking dies. But, and then in the end of the second one, the other boy dies. Wait, what? No, I'm joking. <laughs> um uh, to be fair, he did have a bee allergy, so yeah. The, the, but um, I I will say I had never been I Stepped on a bee once when I was a child. It Aww. hurt like a motherfucker. I cried. I was at a birthday party, and this old lady was like, if we rub an onion on his foot, the stinger <laughs> will come out. And it worked. Oh, really? Yeah, if you cut the onion, like, something about the juices, it sucks the... Oh, wow. Yeah, so if you get stung by a bee, do that. But then also, before I moved out of K-Town, I was walking turtle, and one day I just felt a bee land on my shin and sting me. Really? Yes. It was so unusual because bees and me, we've we've reached a real understanding. You know? Well, bees also are not very like trigger happy because they'll Maybe die. Maybe it was a hornet. It ha- okay, so the thing is with bees, you know, they die when they sting they you. They do. And they die because literally their stinger like is attached to their, like whenever they leave, mm-hmm. they leave behind their whole fucking 
uh, abdomen. All their guts and stuff? Yes. Gross. Yes. Yeah, so, like, you can, like, kind of, like, see it, like, pumping in. Ah, like, ah, yeah. I don't yeah, like yeah. it. Yeah. I felt it go in. That's the thing that sucks is you, like, feel it, like, it hurts, and then it stops, and then you feel the pulsating venom. Well, that's the thing is because, so I've never been sung by a bee. I've been sung by a yellow jacket. Maybe it was a yellow fuck jacket. fuck those, yeah. because they have not been nerfed by Mother Nature, <laughs> and they can sting you an unlimited amount of times. That's annoying. Because it just sort of, like, because, yeah, because, like, the bee, something about their anatomy, it's, like, the stinger is, like, whenever they sting you, their whole body just, like, they just have to leave it behind, and then they die, obviously, because they're, you know. Have you ever got stung by a bee drill? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or a tracker jacker? Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, let's continue. Uh, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Um, two, I, anyway. two references, different franchises. Um, I know them all. In conclusion, I love bees. Uh, anyway, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Uh, Marco is ready uh, to call it quits over the whole Tom thing. He's but wearing a lot of eyeliner in this episode. Did you notice? I did notice. It was the style of the time. I mean... I used to wear eyeliner every day. I guess this was pre-Pete Wentz, though. Yeah. Pre, pre uh, Panic at the Disco. Yes, yes, yes. But we were we were ahead of the curve. That's true. As a society. Gays are always yeah. ahead of the curve. I used to put on eyeliner every day, but the trick was it, it actually looked better the second day. Like if you kind of slept with it. And, and like got get a, a smudge smoky, and you're yeah. like, ah, it was much better. Smoky eye. When it was a hard line, like I don't think hard line eyeliner is actually that appealing. Mm. Like you want the smoke. You want mm. the blend. That's good to know. I'm doing I'm doing makeup soon, so yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll look forward to your makeup tutorials. <laughs> My makeup blog. Yeah. <laughs> I'm becoming a YouTuber. Um, so Spinner is determined is a determined wingman, and he tells Dylan that Tom has scabies. Yes, <laughs> which is scabies. uh the, 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 this stuff is wild, honestly, it's low wild. key wild. Uh, and then he hugs Dylan to ward off Tom's advances, and Dylan sees what he's doing and calls him out for it. And so Spinner comes clean and tells Dylan to ask Marco out. But uh, it was just a little too zany for Well, me. but then we get to a, a sort of a sincere moment. Sure. And Dylan takes Spinner aside and tells him that he doesn't think Marco is ready. Mm-hmm. But Spinner assures him that Marco really likes him and that they should, you know, take a chance. And I just, I really appreciate this beat because it shows how, like, sensitive Dylan is to Marco's needs and his own coming out journey. And, you know, as gay people, like, we miss out on a lot of those important rites of passage. And those milestones and you know i'd like they can get delayed a lot and i don't know i just feel like he's being attentive to his needs in a way that is like very nice it's nice dylan's good in this episode i think some of his flirting we'll get into that because i think some of his flirting is like meant to be very cutesy and it was just kind of scary (laughs) really okay well like when he's like guilty as charged i was like oh my god are you the joker oh okay um (laughs) Well, so, okay, so at Spirit Squad practice, we still have a B-plot. Um, oh, don't we ever. <laughs> uh, JT personally invites Manny to his launch party, but Manny is worried that people are going to talk shit about her since she's oh. now earned her reputation as the school slut. I know, and JT, A, doesn't care about her reputation, mm-hmm. and B, says he's going to defend her if anyone talks shit at this party. And Manny, this is a sweet boy with a heart of gold, he has a budding acting career. Lock that shit down. Yeah, her reputation's never been worse, so he <laughs> must like she for she. 
Taylor Swift. I'm, I'm on it. I'm on. I'm on it now. I'm, we, we're, I'm on the beat. So uh, I'm tired. You brought up reputation. I have to do it. Um, so JT, yeah, he assures that they won't let that happen, and so she agrees to go. And it's such a sweet scene. It's so sweet. It's adorable. I love JT the most and Manny. They're so sweet. The most puppy love. Yeah. Adorable. Very adorable. Love this scene. So back in the A plot. Marco walks down the hallway as he seems as he sees seemingly everyone is cuffed up in the in this hallway and like making out. What about this weird spoken word track? Oh, that's this is the over? same hip hop song from the Pride Two Parter. It is not. Yes, whenever he's on the rocks after Ellie broke up with him, even though they didn't. Why is this just his sad? This is his song? anthem. This is his, like <laughs> this is like his like Frank Ocean. Soundtrack. Is there enough lyrics to determine is this a gay song? I don't know. It, it seems, didn't seem that gay it kinda, to me. I don't know. It seems kind of gay, but only because I associate with this episode. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. I associate with Marco Del Rossi. What could be gayer? Uh, but then Dylan approaches him and tells him that there's somebody he likes. And this is what I didn't like. I like, uh, and Marco's He's like, doing that Craig thing where Craig was like asking Manny on a date and was like, oh, I don't want to go on a date with you. Just kidding. Oh, I think it's fine. <laughs> I don't like it. No, I like it. I First of all, I like teasing. Like, I think like, a little bit of teasing is like nice. I think it's fun. Um, I don't. Uh, okay. <laughs> what? That's fine. Yes, it is fine. Great. It's very normal. Mm-hmm. Like I like a little bit of like a like a back and forth. You know. For... Okay, you and your husband. <laughs> what are you? You're like about? what? What? <laughs> you like that? That's crazy. Look, um, do Sergio and I really go deep and cut to the core? Oh yeah, this is cut. This, this is cutting normal to the core. conversations. Uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah. We do, do. We try to injure each other emotionally on a regular basis. Yes, but that's our love language. Well, this is and this is Dylan's love language. I guess you know what? So I'm wrong. I'm are, wrong, and I'm right. retracting it. That's right. So and I like. And then Marco's like, "That's fine. I get it. I'm too short and faggy." <laughs> you don't say that. <laughs> Basically, in so many words. words. Yeah. Uh, and Dylan's like, "No, you're the one I like, dummy. You fucking dumb faggot. You dumb faggot. Look, Marco, I love you, little buddy. You're you're an adorable little boy, and I'm so glad you're getting your man because I like you. I want you to get your man." You gotta shave this little soul patch. It's so I upsetting. I know. It's so it really gross. is heinous. And can't you imagine it just like always having little crumbs in it? <laughs> it's so spindly. It just feels like it's gonna catch. Yeah, everything. like getting soup in it. Oh, gross. Ugh. That's what. That's the problem with beards. Gotta shave that. Soul I can't patch. deal with a beard because it's like ew. You get soup in that. And it's thing. like longer. Like when we first met Marco, his little soul patch was so small that it looked like a shadow. Now mm. it's clearly a little goatee, but it's. Like a little it's so spindly. Well, we've talked about this. It looks like there's just like a little tuft of fur that he like glued there. Yes, it yeah. looks like he um, had some prosthetic hair added on, like a full beard, and he's taken all of it off. But he forgot this one little patch. <laughs> it does not look like it's part of his face. Uh, Adamo Ruggiero, you're a very handsome man. We're just uh, questions for sixteen year old you. Yes, and uh, check out the Allaboot Degrassi Instagram where you can see adult Adamo Ruggiero and adult Shane Kippel reenact the pasta scene. And uh, our co-op uh, position. I don't know what to call an intern in Canada. <laughs> anyway, Sailor will be uploading that. You gotta go check that out. <laughs> go to the All About Degrassi Instagram. It's it, it, there's so many posts now. Look at all the posts. So the point of this scene <laughs> and this diatribe is that he asks Marco on a date, and Marco agrees yes. to go on the date, and he's thrilled. And he's gonna go to the zombie movie after all. Yeah. Do you remember your first gay date? Uh, yeah, uh, we, well, the first time I had sex or the first time I went on a date. Oh, you put out, huh? Yeah. Good for you. Well, what's the, what's the question? (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember your first gay date? Okay, the date 
was <laughs> you just you just over disclosed the date was a few months after that and this was a different boy and we were he was a junior and i was a senior so we were allowed to leave campus for lunch oh at, at high school so we drove to gilman village in issaquah washington and had i don't know teriyaki or something oh and then when we were driving back i touched his sock because he had put his his foot up on the console and you were like get that off (laughs) i should have that boy was kind of a mess let's continue (laughs) okay so later marco armed with an entire wardrobe goes to spinner of all people for help picking an outfit for his date and spinner is like why are you asking me but marco says that his taste is much more similar to dylan's which is to say mask for mask Savage read of Dylan's fashion. By honestly, <laughs> honestly, like you geez. both wear arrow pa- pastel, like <laughs> bullshit, like <laughs> Henleys. You all look like trash. God, the fashion in this era was. You're both wearing like um. Uh, oh, what's the what is the designer with the the, the like the the flames and the uh... oh Ed Hardy. Ed Hardy. I think this is a little pre Ed Hardy, babe. But oh, you yeah, think so? I think Ed Hardy was more like 2006. Okay, my mistake. I'm That's so just sorry. when I worked at Buffalo Exchange and we had I'm a lot so of. I'm so sorry. Hardy. I was like 10 and I didn't realize. <laughs> what was going on in fashion. And I had a full job. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, and then, oh, and then Spinner says, straight eye for the gay guy, which I thought was funny. That was pretty funny. Spinner's good in this episode, actually. It's a good Spinner episode. I, As I'm talking about it more, I agree the issue was with the last episode. They didn't, episode. Like, it wasn't set up yes. properly, but what they actually do with the landing of the plane is, like, good. It's cute. I like yeah. it. Um, uh, I'm also just kind of surprised Spinner knows about Queer Eye, but okay work it was everywhere it was everywhere you couldn't go anywhere without hearing about these metrosexuals <laughs> carson kressley everywhere yeah, yeah. Um, by the way what a treasure that man has aged into such a cultural icon i love carson kressley i think he's so funny he's great honestly best judge on drag race so fucking funny best very judge. consistently funny yeah um so okay so our ap- options for the wardrobe are i have them listed sporty mm-hmm. which is like a letterman's jacket over a shirt yes uh, cowboy. Yes, there's a cowboy Which there. is a fringe denim jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. It's the jumpsuit. Is it not a jumpsuit? Is it no, just a shirt? shirt? Okay. Well, still. It's a lot. It's um, a lot. Vintage, which is a Renaissance fair shirt. Oh, yeah. It's very, like, puffy shirt. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be with, a pirate. With the st- strings that you draw. Yeah, yeah very yeah. Zachary Binks from Hocus Pocus. Yes! Oh, it's very Zachary Binks coded. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then... Clubby, which is like a silver metallic shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, subtle. Subtle options here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so Spinner, one by one, rules them all out, and it's very it's funny. Like, this one's too faggy, this one's too faggy, this one's too faggy, you're He's... a faggot. <laughs> anyway, this one's fine. <laughs> he was very funny, though. His, it was his, fine, when, it was funny. No, when he was like doing like the accent, I thought it was very cute. It very, was fine. Shane Kipple, very winning in the scene. I'm obviously uh, loath to give him a compliment, but yes, this was a, this was a good Spinner episode. Good performance. Decent writing. Yeah, ultimately, he's we settle on Sporty with uh, Spinner's help. And meanwhile, Kendra is just, like, in the doorway looking on in amusement. Oh, yeah, she gets to be in this she episode. She gets to be there. She's not allowed to we say s- anything. She didn't say anything. We gotta pay you different But we, we see that. her. She's there. She's smirking. She's doing some visual acting. Um, so Dylan comes to Spinner's to pick Marco up, which is just, like, cute. I just think it's really cute that yeah. he's, like, his little, his little chaperone. Okay. That's... What? Wait, Dylan what? Dylan comes to Spinner's to pick Marco up. And he's a chaperone? No, I'm saying, like, Spinner's, like, his little chaperone. Oh. Okay. Sure. 
It's yeah. just like cute. It's like he's like his parent, like he's seeing like him off. Him for... off you mean? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Not chaperone. That's the wrong word. Yeah, um, that, that was. I was very confused, but I get it. My mistake. No, I'm furious. So, um, uh, you, I'm so mad. <laughs> but then Marco makes the mistake of putting on a trilby with his sporty ensemble. Yes, yes, and these hats were fucking everywhere at this time, so I get what he was thinking. But well, he needs to listen to Coco Chanel. She may have been a Nazi, but she, she was right. She may have been a Nazi. But she was right. Take one thing off. The other thing is, when he took off the hat, I realized that Marco has used some sort of box dye from the, the CVS to dye his hair black. This is not his natural color, and you can tell. Oh, really? Yeah, you can tell because it's like a, a weird, slightly blue tint to it. And I remember I used to like that as like a choice, you know, sort of like when you would dye your hair to be like a sickly yellow, you don't want it to look blonde, you want it to look yellow. Mm. It was like, I would like this box dye because I thought it made me look like Billy Joel from Green Day, where it's like jet black and looks fake, Mm. even though my hair is like very naturally almost black. Yeah, like blue black. (laughs) Yeah, I like the blue black. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, you can see uh, me down at the Eagle this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so Marco, feeling like an idiot, takes it off, and it seems like the date's off to a rocky start when Marco sees a bee! Oh no, good thing we learned about this earlier. Good thing we set this up. <laughs> good thing we did the planting, and now here's the payoff. And so Marco freaks out and loses his shit over a bee. And uh, also, oh my god, Marco's hair looks crazy in this it scene. It looks insane. It's crazy. so poofy. It's so, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's very poofy. Um... So then, at the mall, Dylan reassures Marco and confides in him that he also has an, you know, a silly fear, and it's killer whales. Yeah, because he got scared at, like, Canadian Sea World. Sea World. Canadian Sea World. <laughs> it's called Ocean Land. Yeah, Ocean Land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ocean Planet. Ocean Planet. Um, and see, he's like... Free, free the orcas, by the way. They don't want to be in that little Yeah, box. Blackfish. Yeah. Have you seen Blackfish? I haven't, but oh, I well, know about it. Yeah, that's all you need. Um, Seems like it would be too sad. <laughs> so, meanwhile, at Toby's house, the quote-unquote hand-picked exclusive party has become a very big event. There's just a bunch of extras, though. The only people we... There are always just a bunch of extras. I know, but who's actually there? It's like Jimmy and... Jimmy and Emma. And Emma and, is there. Uh, Manny. And... Yes. Uh, who else? I and forget. they're sitting around like it seems like it's a commercial that's airing during some sort of quiz show. Because did you hear they were like doing trivia? <laughs> right, 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 right. Like a game show, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they all gather around the TV for JT's big acting debut, where he talks to a dog about fries that are wicky wicky whack, mm-hmm. and and he's selling super fly fries super fly fries fries that are made with a mad curl mm-hmm. <laughs> dunked in dope batter and given a combo of seven slamming spices mm-hmm. and the commercial ends and jt looks very pleased with himself oh it's so funny when he turns off the commercial and he just sort of smiles and looks around the room like, he's like so what he's did like, everyone think <laughs> he's like that was pretty good right uh and everyone else is amused but for the different reasons and to jt's credit he gets it right away he's like oh i guess it wasn't that good yeah and then jimmy like jimmy has a great line. jimmy's a dick uh J- this is funny jimmy to me i really like this uh what does he say he says well if anyone's mean to you at school tomorrow just tell him don't get all up in my fries, dog. It's really funny. It is good. Uh, yeah, well done, Drake. Well done, um, Drake. Um, this is just like cringe comedy gold. It's really funny. It's yeah. really good. And um, 
it's so like kind of perfectly believable because it's like I do feel like this would just air on public TV in Canada. Right. It's, it's very funny. Well, I love the because re- like the reactions they have because obviously they don't just like burst out laughing yeah. at them. It's like there's sort of like like it's it's cringe. They're cringing. It's there's very discomfort early there. Cringe. They are <laughs> like there's tension in the room because they're like oh my god I, that was horrible and they like who's gonna say it. And thank God for Jimmy. And thank God for Jimmy, just breaking the ice. Um, so Dylan and Marco are at the movies, and Marco is clearly terrified by this horror movie stock audio. Yeah, <laughs> my favorite line of the stock audio, because we just hear people yelling, <laughs> is you hear a girl go, we're killing zombies! <laughs> <laughs> That's the plot! That's the plot. Uh, I love, like, they're like, oh, we just need, like, it to sound like horror, and so there's, like, a wolf howling. Oh, yeah. You it's like, this is not a werewolf movie, but well, there's gotta be a wolf. zombie werewolves. Maybe what so. What a twist. How novel. <laughs> and then, um, I don't know, Marco doesn't seem that afraid. Well, he reaches for Dylan's hand because he's scared, but then he stops himself, and then Dylan grabs his hand, and yeah. I thought that was very sweet. And he, and he uh, starts... <laughs> what were you going to say? No, okay. I was going to say he does that thing from Casino Royale where he licks his fingers <laughs> in the shower. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? I haven't seen Casino Royale. Oh, yes, I have. And there's a famous... I don't I don't know why I'm talking about this, but there's a scene where Daniel Craig has to, like, lick the blood off of oh, the woman's fingers. Oh, right. And they digitally have to add a finger because they splice two takes together. So he sucks on five fingers. <laughs> Even though there's only Wait, really? Oh, I forget you're a Bond expert. I'm going to show you this later. This is such a weird tangent. We are so over time. Uh, Please continue. You're like, wrap it up. But wait a second. But wait. But wait. Very random Daniel Daniel Craig facts. (laughs) Uh, So after the movie, the two of them run into Marco's parents of all people. What are the odds? What are they doing at this mall? Well, they're going to the Italian restaurant in the mall. <laughs> I, you, okay, they wouldn't go somewhere way more authentic I if know, they were that's like what I'm real Italian immigrants, <laughs> which they are apparently. They, they are apparently. They both have accents. They're basically like walking, talking Italian stereotypes. Yes. Um, and the mom, we finally meet her. She's got some eyebrows. She's fun. Honestly, she's kind of iconic. She's uh, cute. I love her. I and uh, Marco, of course, is uh, not out to his parents. No. And so he, this is quite quite the conundrum. Mm-hmm, I'm so, on a date with this boy. I know this man, truly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he quickly comes up with a cover story for their date. But Marco's dad invites Dylan to have dinner with them. So at dinner, the conversation quickly turns to Marco's parents trying to get him laid with a girl. Like Gabriella from church. Yeah. And then Marco's like, Mom, she's 300 pounds. Which is, you know, that's fat phobic. It let's, is fat. Let's, let's, if you don't want to date her, let's have it be about her personality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. she has a horrible fat phobia personality. much, right? <laughs> um, and then their waiter, who is credited, I kid you not, as gay waiter. That's so funny. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, it says so in the closed captioning. Gay yep. waiter. <laughs> That's so funny. And he said, and he like sashays up to them. Like, and, can I get you anything? Yeah, Campily. Darling. Campily asks, "Can I get you anything?" And you can tell he's gay because he purses his lips, mm-hmm. and it's like gay, 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 gay. Am I wrong? Does this waiter not come back a couple times? No. I don't wait. I think I'm wait, right. Wait, wait. <gasps> oh, I think, I think he's back right. in the finale. I think he's in two more episodes. Two? Not just the finale. 
Because we'll we'll see when we get there, but I'm pretty sure this guy is in like three episodes. Oh, good for him getting paid. So we're gonna see Gay Waiter again. Okay, can't wait to see Gay Waiter. We'll check back in we'll with check Gay, back Waiter. Gay Waiter. <laughs> um, and this prompts Marco's dad to go on a homophobic tirade where he's like, "How can he carry such a big plate with such a limp wrist?" Which is, I mean, pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if I was writing a roast, I would write that. <laughs> it's disgusting. Yeah. It's sickening. And then... Uh, and Dylan is like, okay, I'm going to bounce. Yeah, uh, he's <laughs> not having this. Yeah, and so uh, Marco's parents start bickering, and Marco... Well, Marco, like, uh, Marco's mom kind of slaps the dad in the mouth, and it's like, how do you say something like that? And, and the, da- the dad says, <laughs> how do you say something like that? Why don't you put the pasta in your yeah, mouth? Put the pasta in your big mouth. <laughs> it's good. Good That's banter. pretty funny, yeah. Very uh, realistic, very authentic. And Marco's just looking on heartbroken. <laughs> this is playing out. So the next day at school, we're wrapping things up. Jay and Sean give JT a hard time for his cringe commercial. Yes. And then Manny comes to tell him that his commercial did suck, but he didn't. He didn't. And I agree. <laughs> JT was good in the commercial. I he agree. He did exactly what he, was asked. He did what was asked of him. And, you know, this, is, this isn't really a spoiler. He, in a future storyline, does some acting in kids' TV. And this, this feels like a kids' TV thing. And it, I think he's naturally the character of JT is good at kids' TV. Yes. I don't know. I actually, I don't know. I don't know. Kids would probably hate this commercial, though. I think they would love it. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. Those kids didn't love it. I like um, the dog. The dog was a really good actor, too. <laughs> so neither him nor Manny, school clown and school tramp, respectively, uh, want to face the jeers of their classmates. But... As Manny reminds him, they have a test and they got to go get their math on, which is funny. This is cute. Yeah, I forgot about this scene. What is that it? Is that all that happened? No, well, then he's like, oh, you. And then they like run to the school and it's like, this is the start of Manny and JT's relationship. I know. This is my main ship. And I guess I am sort of underwhelmed by the introduction. Well, because it's, I mean, it's sort of a... They're not, they're not all the way there yet. It's not, like, official official, but it's like, oh, these two are, like, expressing interest we're, in We're other. starting down this. Yeah. Place. Yeah, there's a flicker. Um, I just thought it was very cute how she, like, gives them a hard time. It's just, it's just, Cassie Steele's great. I love Cassie Steele. Um, she also, in this scene or a different one, is wearing, like, a, speaking of Bond, she's wearing, like, a Bond girl outfit. She's wearing, like, a patchwork of furs, and she looked like a Bond girl, like, on a ski slope. It was very cool. Wait, when was this? It was near the end of the episode. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't remember. Uh, so Marco <laughs> tells Spinner about how badly their date went when he sees Dylan. But to his surprise, Dylan is unfazed by the events of their date. And the two share their first kiss. Aww. And it's official. And it's a gay kiss on TV, which I do think really matters, especially at that time. Yes. You get to see that a lot. Yeah, it was 2004. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, probably some of the first gay characters that I gave a shit about on TV. So all my cynicism aside, really good stuff. I I like this episode. Yeah, well, it's interesting because, again, this is like another fairly low stakes episode. Yeah. Uh, But like there's... But it's character focused. That works. And there's like... Obviously, weightier themes around the edges and, like, the periphery, like, with his parents and stuff, like, and which we will get to eventually. Mm-hmm. But it's just sort of, like, it's acknowledging that, but it's, like, the actual meat of the episode is, like, pretty frothy. It's pretty, you know, it's, it's low, it's, high, it's, you know, it's sugary. It's, yeah. I think that's nice. Hmm. Uh, does this episode go there? You know, I think because of all the F slurs they dropped, it really went there. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what about you? Do you think it went there? Uh, no, but that's okay. Yeah, it doesn't have to. And you know what? 
it's good sometimes that not not every gay episode has to go there. Sometimes we can just have a light. Like sometimes episode about gays can gay. have nice things. Yes, and this is not a nice thing. Yes. So I I'm think, happy for Marco. It, it's a nice moment for the show. Yeah, and it's also like this has been a pretty high drama season. So to have this sort of cool down period with these past two episodes, I think is actually good. Yeah, like I, I think agree. it makes the pacing of the season really good. I think this is a great season. Just more and more as we go through it, and we're getting near the end. I I just I mm-hmm. love it, and I think they should all be proud. Are you proud, Degrassi writer, who's almost certainly listening right now? You should be proud. You did a good job. It may not be Pride Month, <laughs> but you should be proud. <laughs> uh, so, uh, did, wait, what did you share with the class? Uh, get up and share with the class. What oh, did we learn today? What did I learn today? Yeah, oh, why don't God. you go first? Oh, God. Um, uh, I learned... Well, I learned... I Well, I guess I didn't learn. I guess I remembered that I knew, which is something like learning, right? That, yeah, <laughs> that, that the gay waiter is coming back. Okay, yeah, that's exciting. I could, I, I don't know. I also learned uh, that uh, this ep- the the first episode is about sexism in the music industry. Actually, well, that was mine. Okay. Oh shit. That's okay. No, I'm gonna do a new one off off the dome, much like Ashley with her lyrics in the hallway. Okay. Um, what I learned today is that matchy matchy, no snatchy snatchy the crown. Because that's when she lost the crown, was when she did the matchy-matchy t-shirts. <laughs> that's great. Matchy-matchy, no snatchy the crown. That's great. Great. <laughs> that's I'm, what I learned today. I'm glad. Anyway, uh, we'll be back next thanks, week. <laughs> thanks so much for uh, dealing with us. Yes. <laughs> for bearing with us. Yes, and just because we don't think the whole team enough, shout out to Michael Abbott, who did our music. Shout out to Sailor, who is our new co-op position. And shout out to producer Brimp. We love you all. Thank you. Until next time. Thank you, listeners. Bye. How many times do I have to say it? Until you mean it.